On today's Locked On Bama, we're going to talk about the story that just won't die. It won't die. And I know by talking about how it won't die, I'm helping it not die. But I think we need to talk about it. We're going to talk about Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban again. Uh, we're also going to talk about a former Alabama player in the NBA being traded to uh, – I don't think it's a good thing, but we'll see. And then we're going to talk about some more recruiting from this past weekend. All that and more on Locked on Bama. Stay with us. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's it's starting to feel like football season, in part because I'm in New Orleans, and it's 103 degrees, and uh, it's one of those feels-like 120-degree kind of a man, thing going on. I'm, I'm right there with you. First of all, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen. I want to thank Bet Online for being the title sponsor today. But um, as I was out in the heat today, I had to go to Dak Gadsden and, and look at something on a building. And while I was standing out there and, like, the heat was just coming at you from above, it felt like, yeah. from the sun. And then, like, the concrete was like, oh, you think that's hot? What Y'all watch this. And it was coming back up at me. All I could think about, and this is how demented I am, all I could think about was, man, I'm going to die in Austin, Texas come September 9th <laughs> or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. Jimmy. The story that won't die. You've heard of the never-ending story. This is the story that just won't go away. Um, January 6th? Oh, man. Thank (laughs) you. Just as we're trying to be a little less controversial, here you go. Um, No. First Um, thing that comes to mind. Saban and Fisher, and apparently A&M, Ross Bjork. By the way, the fact that somebody hadn't Photoshopped Ross Bjork like – on an album cover of Bjork from Iceland is a little weird to me. That should happen. Or in the swan, in the swan yeah. dress. Didn't she wear like a swan dress once? Yeah. That would be, be that nice. would be that. There's your meme. Um, But Ross Bjork and uh, the other powers that be at A&M hmm. basically demanded that the SEC and Greg Sankey penalize Saban, either suspension or um, financially, Number one, that's so stupid and petty. I mean, good God. They, Texas A&M had a golden opportunity to come out smelling like a rose, and they've just ruined it. But um, then what's even funnier, apparently all this happened while Greg Sankey, a lot of this happened while Greg Sankey thought it was all done. It was all finished. He had actually spoken to Jimbo, apparently. It was all going to be over. I learned a lot of this from Fine Mob today. And then Greg Sankey gets on a plane where he, he – leaving an event where he just won, you know, Times Person of the Year or whatever is Jimmy blacks out on me. There he is. Um, hey, and you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can now. So Greg Sankey's on a plane and there's internet issues. So I guess he, maybe he doesn't get the email or he doesn't get the whatever that was sent to him, the text or whatever that A&M sent. And meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher has that famous 10 o'clock press conference where he made what Nick Saban said sound almost power Christian. I mean, (laughs) he went totally off on Saban, really made it personal, really made it a lot worse. So my question is, if if Texas A&M powers that be really believe Nick Saban needs to be fined and suspended, 
what do you need to do to Jimbo Fisher? Right. You know, I mean, it, 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 do you need to suspend and, and uh, penalize him financially too? I mean, and probably worse because he escalated it. It is so stupid, and they they've ruined the moment. That's the only thing I can say about him. They ruined their own moment. Yeah, um, I, I think had Jimbo Fisher never uh, himself called a press conference to call someone else a narcissist, had Jimbo Fisher never done that, and A&M had kept quiet through the whole thing and behind the scenes had uh, whispered this to, to Sankey, uh, maybe this whole story plays out differently uh, in a pro-Aggie fashion. But I think the fact that this information comes out and, and, and the world has seen Jimbo Fisher's press conference, which goes, I mean, to any neutral observer, far beyond. Nick said, Nick Saban said one thing, and it was a bombshell the way it was phrased. You know, AM bought their entire recruiting class. I get why that's a headline because of we've all grown up in an era where you couldn't pay the players, and now you can. And Nick Saban has, has said since, hey, I didn't say they did anything wrong. I just said they bought their class. Uh, you can do that now. Um, but then look at what Jimbo said. Uh, Saban thinks he's God. Uh, Saban's broken rules his whole career. Y'all just don't know about it. Saban's a narcissist. Saban should be slapped. His parents should have slapped him more as a kid. Uh, I mean, what Jimbo said was per personal attacks that went so far beyond what Nick had done. So now that we know that that happened, the fact that A&M is still or supposedly screaming about what Saban did in comparison, it's just absurd. It's almost like Saban committed a misdemeanor that was a mistake. Jimbo commits a felony and A&M is still screaming about the misdemeanor. Uh, that's what it feels like to me. Now, I know A&M fans won't see it that way, but hey, let's ask some neutral. Let's ask some some BYU fans, you know, about about what was said by Nick and what was said by Fisher and uh, and, and who's who's really in the wrong. But but hey, Sankey has spoken on this. And what about this, too, Luke? What about this? I'm not saying this happened. I'm not saying it did. But when Ross Bjork uh, called to complain to Sankey and Sankey says, uh, Ross, what you did buy the recruiting class. We, we, you did. You did. We know this. And w w what did Nick say that's incorrect? You know, I mean, did, yeah. did that happen? And, and I don't know that it did or didn't. But I would think Sankey hears a lot about what what. Alabama alleges and AM alleges and what Georgia alleges. He hears that. And those conversations between the ADs and him are private. I, I, I'm with you, Luke. AM could have handled this to where they came out smelling like a rose, but instead, I, I, I think AM looks like the bad guy. I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm biased, but but AM looks like the bad guy to me. Again, we both are biased and we both believe this, that they are coming out looking like the bad guy, which is hard to do. I mean, it's sort of like this Tennessee Notre Dame series this past weekend. Tennessee had the world rooting for Notre Dame. That's never happened in the history of Notre Dame or college athletics in general. Yep. But Tennessee was so jerky all year long yep. that 
we had no choice but to root for Notre Dame. This won't be popular with you, and that's okay that if it's not popular with a lot of Alabama fans, I'm just telling people how I feel personally. I dislike that Tennessee baseball team so much that I openly admit that tonight when Auburn plays Oregon State for winner goes to the World Series, loser goes home, I don't care if Auburn wins. As a matter of fact, I sort of want them to so that there's four SEC teams in the World Series. In other words, well, what, I'm what saying, do those two things have I, to do with one another? Well, what I mean is, I don't root against other SEC baseball teams. I'm not even rooting against Auburn. I I, I don't. Right. What Auburn baseball does is fine. I, I mean, I, it's I, I, I sort of like the idea of the College World Series having four SEC teams. But I did not root for Tennessee, and I'm not going to root for Tennessee. There wasn't anybody Tennessee could have played. I, I mean, I openly rooted for Notre Dame to win that series, and I'm not even rooting against Auburn. I mean, I, that, that's how much I personally uh, – I have no respect for the way Tennessee runs that baseball program. And I think it's just the wrong message for that age of a player and the message it sends to the little kids in the stands. It's not okay to play that way. And if people just think, well, you know, if it was Alabama, you'd say differently. I don't think that I would. I don't think that I would. I hope not. I hope I'm never that blinded by loyalty. I hope loyalty doesn't blind me to that extent because that sort of stuff is dangerous. And I'm not comparing Tennessee acting like jerks to, to an actual tragedy that happened at Penn State. I'm just saying that's what blind loyalty sort of looks like, you know, defending that. And I, I just think blind loyalty, and I, I hope I don't even have it as it relates to Nick Saban, I hope not. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't like the way Tennessee acted all year, and I don't like how they doubled down on it. And the worst thing about the whole – way they acted wasn't just what they did and how they acted but they, they would act like their feelings were hurt when someone else did it when Auburn backflipped them when Alabama was excited to win a game when they beat the number one team on the road uh and, and Tennessee cried about it and, and complained I mean what kind of jerks act like jerks and then complain when someone does the same thing to them that's what made it like you've got to be kidding me super jerks dude yeah, yeah, and that's why I was like, oh, oh, heck yeah, Notre Dame. I hope Notre Dame. I hope they play ten times, and Notre Dame beats them all ten. Now I'm with you on that. Um, I will not be pulling for Auburn, but this I'm, college baseball is not my thing, so I'm not super worried about it one way or the other. This is how I felt about Auburn last night playing Oregon State, just as an Alabama fan. I did not care enough to stay up and watch any of it. Right, I went, not I went to it. But when I and I generally wake up around 4:30, 4:45 in the morning. When I woke up at 4:30, 4:45, it was like instinctually my head said, "Hey, there's something you're supposed to really hope happened last <laughs> night. What was it? Oh yeah, you hope Auburn lost." And I looked at my phone, Auburn lost, and I was like, "Good." And I put my phone down. I didn't celebrate. I didn't jump up and down. I didn't care that much. I cared enough just to check the score. That's how much I care. So. Um, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA championship matchup, the NHL conference uh, finals, and, and uh, Stanley Cup finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC boxing, also NFL and college football futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online is where the game starts. 
Also want to tell you to go check out the NBA mock draft, the ultimate NBA mock draft, which starts on June 16th. The, the, the ultimate mock draft starts on June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft like the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Audacity Insiders First pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. If you want to go check out a mock draft, this is going to be the mock draft you want to check out. I'm telling you, it's cool. Also want to check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Appreciate y'all making us your first listen. Make these guys your second listen. You can go to Locked On NBA Big Board with all their fantastic hosts. They give you in-depth look at all the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, the big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Audacity app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jimmy, this is going to be a quick segment. I just want to mention that J. Michael Green, former Alabama star, who seems like he's been in the NBA for 32 years. I mean, it really, <laughs> when did he graduate? I, I'm not looking it up. I'm not cheating. I'm I'm having a hard time remembering that. He played for Godfrey. Did he play for Godfrey? No, no. He, he did played play for, for Godfrey. Did he, he signed with Godfrey and then played for Grant. Yes. That's that's a long time ago, man. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I mean, you talk about oh, he's traded to OKC. I really don't like that very much. I know they got one of the first three picks, right? So, uh-huh. I mean, maybe he'll be paired with somebody good. Maybe he'll be paired with Jabari Smith. That'd be interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wish he were going somewhere a little bit more. It seems like he spent a lot of his time – I know he was with the L.A. Clippers – but, you know, the L.A. Clippers, I would still consider more obscure just because they share the uh, the town with maybe the most famous franchise, one of the most famous franchises in sports uh, today. Um, but he was born in 1990, which makes me feel a gazillion years old. He was in Alabama from 2008 to 2012. That's crazy. I did not think – I thought it was well before that. Am I – did you? Yeah, I thought I thought it was before that too. But even two thousand and eight, that means uh, I think oh eight may have been uh, Avery uh, Anthony Grant's first year. Yeah, I think oh eight may have been his first year, uh, somewhere like that. So yeah, oh eight to twelve. That means he left Alabama uh, ten seasons ago, and he's been in the NBA ever since. Uh, ten seasons is a long a long time. But also goes to show how we sort of cycle through coaches. They're pretty good. Where, where you're talking about somebody that was recruited in high school by Mark Godfried, uh, that now is is in his tenth year in the NBA, and that's Godfried, Grant, Avery, now Nate Oates. Uh, yeah, we've cycled through some coaches through that period of time. But you know, Jermichael. One, one, one point I'll make about Jermichael, though, and hey, this happens. I know it was behavioral. A lot of our younger fans won't know that that maybe Jermichael uh, had some maturity issues uh, during the time he was in college that affected things to some extent, but. Basketball is like football. It's a developmental sport. Uh, here's just a fact. Jermichael Green developed into the player he developed into in the NBA. Uh, he was not – I don't think when he was at Alabama at any point where we saying, here's a 10-year NBA veteran. Uh, he developed into this late, uh, which is great. That's fine. But it's a good lesson to all of us who all believe that – High school prospects should show up ready to be good college players. And while they're at Alabama, become the best player they'll ever be. Uh, That's just not the way the world works. It's not the way sports works. And it's certainly not the way it worked with Jermichael Green. 
one other thing before we take our uh, final break. Um, you know, what this makes me feel like, and, and maybe this is partially Alabama's fault, partially J. Michael's Green, Green's fault. Maybe nobody's thought of it. We need to be celebrating him. He was a four-year guy that is in the NBA for 10 years now. And I feel like, you know, I've been to a lot of Alabama basketball games. I haven't seen a lot of mention of him. I, I would love to bring him back for a game and just say, hey, here's our, you know, wherever he is on our leading scorer list, you know, give out a list of accolades, talk about, you know, he's played on some pretty doggone good teams. He's had some really good years. And he's made a gazillion dollars. So let's bring him back. Let's celebrate him. Let, let's talk, you know, this will be his 10-year anniversary in the NBA. Let's bring him back for a game, a big game, when we have a big crowd, and he can be celebrated. I, I feel like there's so few NBA guys. I mean, Kentucky can't do that. They'll be, you know, lined right. up, you know, out mm-hmm. the auditorium. But we can do that. Now, I hope we get to a point where we can't do that, not out of um, apathy, but because we have so many guys in the NBA. But right now, we – I mean, we've got a couple of guys in the NBA. We ain't got a ton of them, and he's one of them. Let's celebrate him. So, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more uh, recruiting from this past weekend. Okay, so we've mentioned the the four amigos from this past weekend. Uh, you know, we talked about Richard Young. We talked about Anthony Hill. We talked about um, – gosh, who else did we talk about? Uh, Arch Manning. Uh, Arch, Richard Young, Anthony Hill. Uh, who was the fourth guy we talked about? Um, I will tell you in one second. Uh, we talked about uh, Caden Proctor. Caden Proctor. Caden Proctor, yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about those dudes. What about some of the other guys that were on campus? Well, Francis uh, Magua. I'm going with Magua. I'm sure that's wrong, but Magua. Uh, uh, you saw that on Gremlins, right? <laughs> no, no. Was, was that on again? Is there a sequel? Mogwai. Um, Mogwai. Yeah, that's right. But Magua, Francis Magua, um, he was on campus this weekend, five-star from IMG. Alabama has signed. Uh, Alabama's made just, you know, every tackle from IMG recently has signed with Alabama, and, and they've all been good. Uh, Evan Neal was even great. And now, now we see J.C. Latham's about to be good, and Tyler Booker was very impressive in his first spring. And, and now the latest one is Francis Magua. Uh, from what I hear, it went really well, and that Alabama's actually pretty optimistic there. Uh, I, I'm not sure at any point Alabama's had a lead, you know, so I, I'm not quite as optimistic, but it could happen. Hey, you know, if, if, if you're one of the official visits, it could definitely happen. Obviously, among, you know, when 40 schools offer you and you narrow it down to five, uh, you know, a kid could go to any of the five. So Alabama's in good shape there. I wouldn't necessarily say they're the favorite. Um, you know, Olas Allenin was in from 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 Finland. We talked about him uh, quite a bit. Um, I would say he is an Alabama lean. He still has to get through his Ohio State visit before I predict he'll end up with Alabama. I think Ohio State's legitimate competition there, obviously. Uh, but but the visit went really well. Welcome Formby gave him a lot to think about. The local Tuscaloosa kid. He's basically deciding, do I stay at home and play for the best program in the country, or do I go off to college like most kids like me get to do? Uh, Wilkins a good student. Uh, you know, If he wants to enjoy the college process like most kids, you know, he might choose to go off to school, and, and that would be fair. Uh, but, but I think Alabama gave him a lot to think about this weekend. Uh, two other uh, interesting kids that were there, Raul Aguirre, who's an inside linebacker from Georgia, 
He loved his visit. He raved to Joseph Hastings. The story Hastings did's great. Aguirre could not have had a better time than he did. He's a, a Mike linebacker uh, that would be a big deal. The last guy that we didn't talk about really at all is an athlete from Oklahoma, Jacoby Johnson. He is a, a wide receiver slash defensive back. He, he might play offense. He might play defense. He is so athletic, Luke, that he spent some time on his weekend talking to Nate Oates because if he does sign with Alabama, he wants to play basketball too. Uh, he is a football player, and I think much like Kool-Aid and Terry on Arnold, he's likely just to stick with football because I think football is where his professional future could be. But what's interesting to me is, hey, when you might play offense or you might play defense or you might play basketball, you're talking about one hell of an athlete, you know. So I, I, I think Jacoby Johnson is a heck of a heck of a, a prospect for us to. Yeah. Uh, and uh, look, just playing devil's advocate, I mean, jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing, yeah. right? Sure, sure. But I would also look at, I mean, the last two guys that fit that profile of might play offense, might play defense, might play basketball, Kool-Aid uh, and Terry on Arnold. Now, Arnold hadn't started yet, but uh, but I, I hear they're raving about him. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it just takes a special athlete. But you're right. Uh you know, ideally, the kid's a five-star that plays one spot, you know, that's just obviously going to be, you know, kind of like how Richard Young's a five-star running back. We, we know what Richard Young's going to do, and he's not going to play a second sport. Uh, I guess that's the ideal situation. But I think defensive backs in particular have to be super athletic. And Jacoby, uh, the fact that, that schools would consider playing him on offense and, and he's good enough to maybe contribute to a basketball team at the SEC level, just shows what kind of athlete he is. Yeah, and I, I love the term uh, when you said Olus Allen is leaning to Alabama because I'm going to tell you something. I've been impressed with his physique. He looks kind of <laughs> lean for a dude that size, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, he he is just a naturally huge kid. I don't know how many of you guys saw the picture of him and his family in Nick's office. You can see he gets his size uh, from his father. His father is absolutely who was an NFL Europe star, played for the Berlin team on the offensive line. Uh, who can wow. forget that? <laughs> yeah, his dad is huge. But Olas is probably taller and leaner uh, than his dad right now. But boy, Olas, whew, that's a big, big dude. I hear uh, Olas uh, is sort of popular with the other players, by the way. I think he's, he's got an engaging personality. You know they just want to ride on his Viking ship with a drag wooden dragon in the front of it, or down the Black Warrior. You know that's all they want to do. They're, they're just kissing tail to be able to do that. Some of the players are maybe amazed to find out that Finland isn't a fictional place. It's like a real country. <laughs> uh, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Bama. We're going to do some more quick hitters very shortly, too. Jimmy's going to yep. put those out. We appreciate you guys uh, giving us feedback on those. I think everybody's liked them. Thank you for all of our new followers, and uh, keep telling your friends about it. And uh, until tomorrow, we'll be back. No, that's terrible. What a terrible outro. Until tomorrow, we will talk to you. No, what is wrong with me? Just roll tide, everybody. <laughs> roll tide.